prepare to meet thy God. Even John the Baptist would come crying in the wilderness of Judea, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So friends, Caesar Borgia, steeped in religion, and had everything, was unprepared to meet the Lord. I trust you will not be unprepared this evening. Here's another one, Thomas Hobbes. He was a political philosopher, an atheist. Listen to what he said as he was going out into eternity. I quote him. I say again, if I had the whole world at my disposal, I would give it to live one day. I am about to take a leap into the dark. I am about to take a leap into the dark. Thomas Hobbes, he was a brilliant-minded man, an intelligent man. And now, in his fleeting moments, he said if he had the whole world at his disposal, he would trade it for one solitary day. I wonder what Thomas Hobbes would have done with that one day. Would he have used it to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Would he have used it to say goodbye? Would he have used it for his own gains and benefit? What would Thomas Hobbes, the political philosopher and atheist, have said? Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and verse 37 The Lord Jesus Christ says these words. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Thomas Hobbes, like Caesar Borgia, could have read if he had of the word of God. In Psalm 14 and verse 1, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. These famous or infamous atheists spat at heaven. And like the old Puritan said, he who spits at heaven will find it always comes back into his own face again. They find this when it's too late. They find this when it's gone. They find this when it's over. Listen to Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine, the leading atheistic writer in the American colonies when they broke away from England, he had written the documents and the papers called The Age of Reason. The Age of Reason. Listen to him in his last moments. He cries these words, Stay with me 
For God's sake, I cannot bear to be left alone. Oh Lord, help me. Oh God, what have I done to suffer so much? What will become of me hereafter? I would give the worlds if I had them. That the age of reason had never been published. Oh Lord, help me. Christ, help me. Don't leave me. Stay with me. Send even a child to stay with me. For I am on the edge of hell here alone. Forever, if ever, the devil had an agent. I had been that one. Thus says Thomas Paine. He says, I have become an agent of hell. I have become a servant of the devil. Oh, that I had never printed. I had never written on the age of reason to turn the hearts, to turn the minds of men and women away from the scriptures to cry, there is no God. Here this man seems as though he is crying to God at the last moment. And I thank the Lord for the story of the thief on the cross who cried at the last minute out in faith. And the Lord Jesus said he would receive him into paradise. I thank God for that. That at the last minute, we know men and women can be saved. But I wonder, I have to wonder, was Thomas Paine a man whose day of grace was gone? And now he finds himself, in his own words, at the edge of hell, here alone, terrified and frightened for the life that he had lived, for the legacy that he had left behind. Friend, in Luke chapter 13 and in verse 27, the Lord Jesus says there will be those to whom he will say, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is the words of Christ, the words of the Savior. And I wonder where Thomas Paine will find himself. I must leave that between him and God. Voltaire. Voltaire was a famous or an infamous anti-Christian atheist. He spoke around in halls and in theaters against the word of God. Shook his fist at God. Taught men and women to despise God. Taught them to say there is no God. Now listen to Voltaire and listen to his last words recorded on his deathbed. 
He cries, I have swallowed nothing but smoke. I have intoxicated myself with the incense that turned my head. I am abandoned by God. He turns to his physician and he says these words. Dr. Fulton, I will give you half of what I am worth if you will give me six months of life. Dr. Fulton said this was not possible to Voltaire. And this is what he said to the doctor. Then I shall die and go to hell. Then I shall die and go to hell. Voltaire's nurse recorded these words and then written these words of herself. She is reported to have said, For all the money in Europe, I wouldn't want to see another unbeliever die. All night long, he cried for forgiveness. I must leave him with God. But Voltaire himself said, Then I shall die and go to hell. This is a man who believed not in God. This is a man who believed not in heaven. This is a man who believed not in hell. But now, on his deathbed, he says, I shall die, and I shall go to hell. He now believes. Oh, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. His nurse says that he cried all night for forgiveness. Notice Hebrews 12 and verse 17 speaks of Esau, and it says he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Notice, Esau found no place of repentance. I wonder, I wonder, is the day of grace gone for many people whom God hath called? And they have refused to turn to Christ. He saw, he found no place for repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. I pastored in Dublin. I was in Dublin about five years. I stood outside on the very footpath of St. Stephen's Green. It was across the road. And the area is called St. Stephen's Green. And I stood there giving out tracts. Every time we had a meeting on, I went early for hours. Bus stops queued. People queued, rejecting the word of God. Would you like a track, sir? This could save your soul. Cursed at, spat upon, even threatened by death. 
I was told I would be hung. I was told that they would murder me. I was told I would be shot. I was told I'd be thrown into the Liffey River. And I stood night after night after night. And I stood there handing out tracts. Asking people did they want to know the Lord. And one night a lady comes past me. She takes the track on her wayward path. And there she starts to read it and stops dead in her tracks. About 20 meters away and I see her reading it. Turns around to look and starts walking toward me again. And I'm thinking this lady has read this word of God. She wants to know the Savior. She come up to me and she slapped me. She stuck the track and put it into the rest of the tracks. Crumpled up in my hand. I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe in these things she said to me. And I said, dear lady, let me tell you something. Do you know there are no unbelievers in hell? And she stopped dead shouting at me, cursing at me, swearing at me. What do you mean there's no unbelievers in hell? Do you not believe that unbelievers will find themselves in hell in a lake of fire? Yes, I said I do. That's why there's no unbelievers in hell. Because then they believe. And it's too late. Millions of believers will find themselves in hell. Because it's been too late. Now they believe. Because it's too late. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. The Chancellor of England, Sir Thomas Scott, atheist, said these words. Until this moment, I neither thought there was a God nor a hell. Now I know and feel that there are both, and I am doomed to perdition by the just judgment of the Almighty. Sir Thomas Scott, on his deathbed, realized the impending doom and judgment that he would face. Dying without God, without Christ, and without hope in the world. Here he says, I am doomed to perdition by the just judgment of the Almighty. Sir Thomas Scott would have done well to listen to the scriptures. Hebrews 9 and verse 27 says, And as it is appointed... Unto man wants to die. But after this, the judgment. But after this, the judgment. The fool certainly hath said in his heart, there is 
no God. Sir Francis Newport, he was head of an, an English atheistic club. He said to those, he had them gathered around his bed in his last moments on earth. He gathered friends and family and those from the atheist club around his bed. Listen to what he said in his last words. You need not tell me there is no God. For I know there is one, and that I am in his presence. Friend, we speak of hell as a horrible place, as a lake of fire. But worse than that is to be in the presence of a holy God, and to be in our sin. To stand before him. You need not tell me there is no God. For I know there is one. And that I am in his presence he says. He continues. You need not tell me there is no hell. I feel myself already slipping. He goes on. Wretches he says. Cease from your idle talk. About there being no hope for me. For I know. I am lost forever. Oh, that fire. Oh, the insufferable pangs of hell. Oh, that I could lie for a thousand years upon the fire that is never quenched to purchase the favor of God and be united to him again. But it is a fruitful wish. Millions and millions of years will bring me no nearer. The end of my torment than one poor hour. O oh, eternity. Eternity forever and forever. O oh, the insufferable pangs of hell. Francis Newport. Here's what he says in a nutshell. Stop talking like I've told you. As I was the head of the English Atheist Club, stop talking as I taught you. He says, if I could even lie and knew that these pangs of hell were over after 1,000 years to be right with God, then I would pay the debt of it. But I know it's forever and ever. And I can never find release. I am lost forever. Revelation 20 talks of that lake of fire. Wherein are the beast, the dragon, and the false prophet. And they are tormented day and night. Forever and ever. And those who are not found written in the book of life. Were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death it says. 
I could say to Sir Francis Newport, eternity where? I said to you, friend, tonight, where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity? Charles the Ninth, King of France, atheist. Although he purported at times to be religious, he knew not Christ. He was urged on by his mother. He gave the order for the massacre of the French Protestant Huguenots at St. Bartholomew's Day, 1572, in which 15,000 souls were murdered and slain and barbarously killed at the hands of the soldiers. Listen to this. By the end of the week, it is purported that 100,000 Huguenots were slaughtered by the order of Charles the Ninth. We're told that Charles never had an ease because he killed those who suffered for the cause of Christ. They were guilty for loving Christ. Many of them fled France and came to the British Isles. Many of them set up in Dublin. Many of them came to Lisburn here in Northern Ireland and across other parts of England to Scotland. Charles IX he suffered greatly and said he could get no peace. We're told that he finally died, bathed in his own blood with his vessels bursting, pneumonia setting in. To his physicians, these are the words he says. Awake or asleep, I see the mangled form of the Huguenots passing before me. They drop with blood. They point at their open wounds. Oh, that I had spared at least the infants at the bosom. What blood? I know not where I am. How will this all end, he says, on his deathbed? What shall I do? I am lost forever. I know it. Oh, I have done wrong. What a way to go into eternity. Let me tell you what was happening to King Charles IX on his deathbed. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 15 says these words. That which hath been is now. And that which hath already been and God requireth that which is past. Let me tell you in a nutshell. That which you thought you would gotten away with. And that which you thought others had forgotten. And that which time has passed away from. Many, many years even. He says it's like it was yesterday. 
or today to God. God did not forget the wickedness of Charles IX and the papist church and what they did to the Huguenots. They loved Christ. Charles IX went out into eternity crying, I'm lost forever. The fool hath said, in his heart there is no God. I finish with this one. Anton LaVey, the author of the Satanic Bible, and the high priest so-called of the religion to the dedication of the worship of Satan, One of his most famous or infamous quotes was this. There is a beast in man that needs to be exercised, not exorcised. Telling the people to worship Satan that there's a beast in man, exercise him, the beast not exorcise, to cast out. Here are Anton LaVey's dying words. Oh my! Oh my! What have I done? There is something very wrong. There is something very wrong and he died. Satan whom he worshipped Claim the soul of Anton LaVey. This reminds me of Judas Iscariot who betrayed our Lord Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus says, have I not chosen you and one of you is a devil? Speaking of Iscariot, We're told on that night of Christ's arrest and betrayal and Satan entered into Judas Iscariot. He went out into the dark to betray Christ. We're told in Matthew 27, verse 4, Judas Iscariot comes back to the high priests of the temple in Jerusalem, casting the 30 pieces of silver down. Too late, Judas. Seems as though he's repenting. He says, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. The blood of Christ. Too late, Judas. Judas Iscariot was confessing to the Jewish priest. He wasn't confessing his sin to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. Oh, these atheists can stand out in the street with their placards 
They can attack people who want to preach the gospel. They can hate Christians and they can take over your social media and television or radio or whatever it is and they can, it sounds always anti-Christian friend, it's anti-Christ. It's anti-Christ. And they can do all of this and they can program your children to say there is no God. They can shake their fist at heaven. They can spit toward God. They can pretend with bravado and great gusto, shouting and proclaiming they worship the devil or whatever else they deem worthy of their worship. Worship themselves and make themselves God. There is no God, they say. They may do that, but one day... They will stand before the Almighty God in Christ. And you will stand before the Almighty God in Christ. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you saved? So I leave you with my text. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. We can help you, point you to the Savior tonight. Talk about Christ. How about finishing your life like this? Yea, though I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's a better way to finish your life, isn't it? Oh, that God would give us grace. The Apostle Paul said, writing from a prison cell, he says, the time of my departure is hand. I am ready for the time of my departure is at hand. Paul says they may take my head from off my shoulders. They may sever it through the neck, but I am ready to enter in to the presence of the king, to enter in the glory Sounds different than these men, doesn't it? Listen to Paul. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Here, the victorious Christ has given us the security of our salvation, the knowledge that we are right with him and he is right with us, that now, tonight, we are saved. And we're ready should Christ come or should he call. Friend, are you? Are you ready? May God bless his word to each and every one of us this evening. And may Christ alone be seen and glorified. Let us pray. Father, strengthen your people.
and encourage them in these times. Let them see the hope of their salvation in your Son. And if there's one or some that are here that does not know him, if there's a man and woman who has even found their way in, or even watching later on social media, that would say there is no God. Lord, we pray they may see that there's a time when it's too late. And may they get right with you. Draw them by thy spirit. Speak to them, I pray, and glorify your name. For Jesus' sake I ask it. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing another piece as we close. Again, thank you for coming. Such a night. What a turnout. I'm hoping to stand at the end again. And if you want to talk about your soul, please come and see me. Please don't think you can't come. Come and talk to me. Come and we'll, we'll talk to you about the urgency of you needing to be saved if you're not saved. If you're backslidden, you realize you've walked away from God. Friend, don't leave here tonight. 